podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks to NordVPN for being a sponsor of this episode. NordVPN is exceptionally good because I'm currently sitting here. uh, I'm on a public network. Although I know the owner of the business, I could be worried that he might be able, Tommy T, to go into my computer and find all of the, the... campy-isms that I have deleted. He would try. From episodes <laughs> and sell them to the Labor Party. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, but I don't have to worry about that because we are fully protected because of NordVPN. And listener, you can be too. If you go to nordvpn.com forward slash Lakeside Drive, you can get an incredibly special deal uh, just for you as a listener. They've been a long-term uh, supporter of the show and we want to support them back. Uh, we only do things that we actually want to use and so NordVPN is one of those things. Go to nordvpn.com forward slash Lakeside Drive. G'day, I'm James. Welcome to the Australian Opinion on Formula One here at the Lakeside Drive F1 podcast. In this episode, it's spring break. And I'm joined... By fellow spring breakers, which is odd because it shouldn't be a uh, break. Daytona at this Beach Campy, let's do it. Yeah, Thomas oh, J. Camp, Daytona Beach. Week or something or not. Very good. <laughs> TT, how you doing? Very good, very good. Uh, gents, welcome to spring break. Um, T- Tilly Willie 13, thank you for your inspiration to call it spring break because I don't know what else to call it apart yeah. from the fact that, well, no other promoters could afford to put a race on, looking at you, Turkey, um, <laughs> to replace the Chinese Grand Prix. So we're just going to have an extensive period of time between Australia and Where Baku. would we want to go? Where, Where would we want to go? Yeah, if we were allowed to pick, no budget, whatever, which which race are we going to? James, which track? Redo my microphone again. Bring, bring it all into your face. Is that better? Thank you. Beautiful. Spring break, where would I want to go? Is it not for spring break for a race. If we got to pick this gap for both. Okay. Where's your spring break location firstly and why is it Texas? And secondly, where would you go racing in this gap? South Padre in Texas. Can't be just in the Gulf of Mexico. Just (laughs) can imagine it now. (laughs) Just on on a charter. I was going to say on a charter. Yeah, yeah. Filthy. It's got to be spa. The more racing at Spa, no, we're going to Spa. A race that's not on the calendar. I was kind of hinting at. Yes, Germany. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. which one though. How do we not have a German Grand Prix on Bizarre. the uh, on the calendar? I mean, Hockenheim's cracking track. We should do the Nurburgring. That would be unbelievable. Yeah. Full track. Full track. <laughs> we say this every time. It's not the full track. <laughs> might get. <laughs> you might insane. get what six laps for a Grand Prix distance. Six for, laps. You're in not that gonna, time allotment. No way. There's no way that you're going through that middle roller coaster section with front no. wings intact. No, they'd have to go around the outside of it. They couldn't go through it. Just change the track so it works for F1s. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, no, everyone just has true. to ri- raise their ride height for that one specific race. <laughs> um. It's an odd it's an odd period because I feel like in the covid years Formula 1 was very good at finding races to fill in gaps. Yeah. Yep. Um, even if it was a double header like in Austria where you started out yep. for example. But now it feels like an unnecessarily big gap which is hard for two reasons. Firstly, making podcast content. <laughs> it's very difficult to try very and niche figure for us. How to, to cover the gap between uh, what was the Australian Grand Prix and what will well, be we, in Azerbaijan. We were supposed to be in China, right? Yep. It's supposed to be a gap. Supposed to be China and then Baku. So yep. hence why we've got this three-week lull. No, but that's my point is it's odd that Formula 1 didn't find someone else to fill that gap. We don't need races. We've got plenty. No, but like the business is like yeah, the yeah. whole thing is making money. Look, why I have agree. they been unable to find something? The thing is, Campy, we've got 20 – more races. Yeah. 
<laughs> and we've got week, literally weeks in front of us currently where we could put some of them and we go, mm, I know what I'm going to do. I'll put them all at the end of the year and mm. triple headers and double headers and be ridiculous. It just still doesn't make any sense logistically. I, it just is very confusing. That they, you know what I think they should do? Vietnam. <laughs> I think they should just get all 20 drivers and do like a Top Gear Cheap car challenge or something stupid. Build oh, content. Get your get your Formula One car to Azerbaijan yeah. from Melbourne. Road trip. That'll, that'll <laughs> take three weeks. <laughs> it's a race from Melbourne. They all start at Albert Park. Yep. Uh, and as a team, it's like Amazing Race cross top gear cheap car challenge. Yeah, you'd get you get and McGregor involved to yeah. his long way round up, uh. long diagonal up <laughs> from yeah. Melbourne to Azerbaijan. Long way diagonal. <laughs> It, it is. It's a, such a gap in. I think the biggest problem is losing momentum. Like we've just had a race. This ordeal of a race. Uh, everyone wants to talk about it, comment about everything that happened, the wildness yep. of Australia, and now we've got radio silence for three weeks. Ooh. We've got another race. As I said to you just before we started recording, the one thing I got from the Grand Prix was COVID. <laughs> That's it. Realistically, <laughs> I don't remember a lot of it. <laughs> Uh, but there has been some fallout from it. So it feels like a, it's good to have a bit of time to settle down and recover. Um, from a podcasting point of view, though, like us, it felt like we had a lot and then there's a massive drop-off. So apologies, listener, for the absence of content, although what would we do in the meantime? <laughs> but oh, there is a couple of points, lads, that I'd like to go through to for our fireside chatters, listening, you're Mass still processing. Given us something to talk about, hasn't he? Sorry? Mass has given us yeah. something to talk well, about. Well, as listening, you're processing the thought of camping on a char- charter in the Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> for not his spring far break. Off, guys. Not long far long off. sleeve, like fishing shirt, I'm imagining. Oh. Probably like a beanie with a visor. Yep. I'm thinking like wraparound sunnies <laughs> with like a neoprene like <laughs> thing to cover it. I'm just, yeah, a couple of lures attached to his like sleeve. This is, I'm painting a picture with, you're, my, with my mouth. All you're doing is is describing what like mid- I fish. Yeah, <laughs> mid-thousands fishing show on Channel 10. This is a very unique, uniquely Australian reference. I filled Rex up. Rex Hunt. There's never been a more apt <laughs> comparison on this podcast. Oh, that Rex Hunt. Um, the group chat that I have with Rob James and Michael Laminato from Boxer Neutrals is called the Rex Hunt Appreciation Society. <laughs> um, for any Bond listeners, you know why. But uh, it's <laughs> I filled up next to the old mate from iFish no a couple way. of years ago here in Mornington. Yeah, it right. is massively. It's like looked like a McLaren. There were so many sponsorship stickers on the side of the boat. <laughs> looked like <laughs> a suitcase. Everything. He lives down here. Oh, well, that'll be why I filled up next to him. Um, let's talk about the Felipe Massa thing because uh, apparently the year is still 2008 and we can uh, we can call about things that we don't like. And um, I don't know, listener, if you are aware of this or, boys, if you're fully across what happened, but the short version is uh, Bernie Eccleston said to a German Formula One racing outlet that uh, he was aware in 2008 that Renault had cheated on purpose so that Fernando Alonso could win the race in Singapore, okay? Now, the Singaporean Grand Prix, there was a whole thing. There was old mate crashed into the wall, the other Renault. Renault was performing terribly. Fernando Alonso ended up getting the win. Um, but in amongst all of what had gone on, Ferrari, which is no shock to anyone, stuffed up a pit stop for Felipe Massa and shock. left his fuel line in the car as it trundled down the pit lane. So when he was in front. Back. 
So they stuffed it for him, went from the front and went right to the very back. Now, Felipe Massa lost the 2008 championship to Lewis Hamilton by one point. Uh, we'll all know the um, – well, for many of the older fans will know the line, is that Timo Glock? It is. It is Timo Glock slowing down. And that was in reference to Lewis Hamilton getting passed. And I think Lewis ended up finishing third, second or third in that race, which ended up – anyway, brought a whole bunch of points and he then won the championship. Now, yeah. the FIA say – this is just the rules that they make up themselves – that once the trophy is handed over at the end of the year at the gala um, – that's it. You can't talk about it. it. What is done is done. But f- according to Bernie, is that they knew beforehand something had gone wrong with Singapore and, and Max Mosley, who's dead um, and can't give evidence, apparently also knew. So all of this has now come out. So Felipe Mass is saying, well, maybe we should look at m- maybe launching an investigation into that. Now, whether or not Felipe is saying, I want to look to look into it so I can win the World Championship, or he's just saying, let's just have a look at it if Bernie said something like this already. But the reality is for the sport as a whole, will anything change, Campy? No. The problem with the incident for me is, is that as we saw in Melbourne, things happen on track and restarts occur and Alpine didn't finish in the points when, you know, things happen on track. Just because you're in front, and I don't like the fact that Renault cheated as well by deliberately crashing one of their cars so that Fernando could have the optimum strategy and get the win. The problem... The only problem I have with it is that Ferrari stuffed the pit stop after something happened. And therefore, for me, because the fuel the fuel didn't come out in time and sent safety thing, they got penalties and he ended up finishing out of the points in 13th or something, that to me says regardless of what happened on track and the crashing of cars and stuff, they still stuffed up a race-winning opportunity and they still should have finished in the points regardless of – you know, regardless of what happened on track and how it played out. They stuffed mm. up the pit stop, therefore they lost. And, I mean, what, we're 15 years down the track now? The reality is if they gave him the world championship, I don't think it would change his reputation in the sport, might change some record books, but the reality is he never won it anyway. Lewis, is, Lewis won his first one that time and 15 years later you can't take a world championship off something that happened I mean, it's just – it's garbage. I, you can't do it. I feel for Felipe because he probably should have won that championship. If it hadn't been for Timo Clock, I mean, he crossed the line and he'd, and he'd won it. Those things happened on the last lap too. So, I mean, look at Lewis Hamilton losing that championship to Max because of Michael Massey's on-track decision-making. Things happen in this sport and I just think suck it up and move on, get over it. As you say, it's not like it was Ferrari – uh, or McLaren doing anything in Singapore that was dodgy. Yeah. It was re- it was a, com- a team completely mm. separate for the whole yeah. situation. Yeah. So I don't think it's got legs in the fact that it's not one of the two teams involved. And I think one of the things that I often think back on from that period of time is just how well Felipe managed that whole situation. Yeah. Um, and he uh, he's a gentleman of the paddock now. He wears the F1 branded polos and shirts and does presenting and sits on the desk and talks to young drivers and all that kind of other stuff. So there's a lot already to Felipe's legacy, I think, from a Formula 1 point of view that is solid and solidified in the fact that he lost graciously in the way that we complimented Lewis in the way that he dealt with the fallout from Abu Dhabi 2021. I can't say the same about Ted Kravitz. That guy is just absolutely unhinged. But for for that whole situation, I think it's ridiculous to try and bring it up again. Look at the year before. 
Lewis <laughs> went. In, Lewis went into. Yeah, Lewis went into the last race with like six points ahead in the Travis Championship. He completely shit the bed in the last race, and Rockenden won by a point. Now Rockenden's a, a a world champion, and we always know him as a world champion. But the reality is, if it had have gone another way, then. You know, Rockingham wouldn't won. Massey might have won. I mean, Ferrari picked up one they shouldn't have. But then you th- then you look at things like Mark Webber in 20, 20, 2010 where he went to the last race, was in front, and pit stop stuffed him up and said won a championship. It's the only race he led the championship for the whole thing. Things happen in this sport which are out of your control and would you be looking at Felipe Massa, Rockingham or Webber any differently if they'd won their world championships? I don't think we would. They've still got... Tremendous reputations in the sport. Everyone. I mean, the first time that Massa retired when he walked down the pit lane in um in uh in Brazil was one of the best things I've ever seen. Every team come out, the race was still going on. He walked down, waved to the fans. Everyone in every garage came out and clapped him as he walked past. So I don't think it's gonna change anything. Anything to say for you, TT? I don't think I was sentient at that point. Well, 2008 is a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what happened last week. Nah, you guys are much older than me. I have no idea. It's just an interesting thing, though, to, to even say it. And to say, to, we'll call Bad Bernie because now apparently that's the thing in terms of designation between Bernie Eccleston. Um, but Bad Bernie saying anything, I mean, who cares at this point anymore? The dude just loves a headline. It's not like he's saying it to Sky Sports F1 or to a reputable news outlet. Some random German news outlet is not the same. Um, anyway, stat, some, oh, it doesn't, look, to be honest, I don't really care. Felipe is a great guy. I don't think it's going to change anything, and that's fine. Can I just say, if we think politics plays a role in F1 in 2023, think back to 2000 and 2000 and when under the, the, later year, the latter years of Bernie Eccleston's reign, Politics was probably the main thing that got drivers just a spot on the grid in the first place. And we know that Ferrari have cheated in the last three years allegedly with their motors and stuff. I mean, this stuff just happens in Formula 1 all the time. Do you remember how far we've come? He said allegedly himself. I know. I'm so proud of you, Candy. (laughs) Sick of you guys. Correcting me all the time. But, yeah, I mean... This sport, save you. This sport has been corrupt for years. <laughs> and I'm they're shocked. cleaning up their act and get better. And <laughs> it doesn't surprise me that they all knew about it before it came out and the news broke. And you get guys like Flavio on the wall. I, I love Flavio Briatore, who was the Renault president, uh, prince, team principal at the time. He's uh, He is a crazy, wild guy. There's people that absolutely love him and would be loyal to him to the end, and there's people that can't stand him. And he's a racer, and he's he's willing to bend the rules in these environments where rule bending happens all the time. And he saw an advantage game, really. on track, and that's what happened. All right, let's continue talking about recent events because I'd like to bring up the sheer ridiculousness of the crowd invasion of the circuit because we didn't really touch on this in the review episode and we've got a bit of time now to talk about it. Um, I have seen so many videos of people just doing dumb shit. And I've got to say, if that was you and you listen to this podcast, you really need to sort your life out because, I mean, many of you, I'd hope you you wouldn't do that and certainly going on the track once the marshals said it was okay to do so. But I saw a video, someone had a Formula 3 wing, a fully intact F3 (laughs) wing that they had nicked. And we're trying to walk it out the gate. 
Yeah, it was rioting in the streets. It was people just looting. Quite or maybe it was campy by his yeah. his laugh, but also the dr the um, flashing DRS board. Sorry, the DRS board, the big um, DRS sign that's attached, but also the flashing light, which will, is a backup for green flag, red flag, yeah, you know, blue flags to pass everything else. People took those LED panels off the fence. Yeah. I wait a second. You've got a new wing on the back of your Hilux. <laughs> oh, oh, real good. Where did that come from? I was wondering why, why you're high, down why your on a front wheel drive now anyway. high tech GP. <laughs> you need to downforce yeah. on the front wheels, idiot. It's a front wheel drive. <laughs> <laughs> you need a splitter. <laughs> Come on, mate. Uh, but it was ju- it's just ridiculous. And I don't understand because, I mean, people were approaching Nico Hockenberg's Haas that it was still had the yeah. red light. And I, I get that there are fans of the sport who maybe don't understand how cars work, but... It's, it's quite literally incredibly dangerous to be near these things it, when they're not electrically it safe. It felt to me this was a very naive, fresh F1 crowd who don't really understand what they were attending as much as, say, in years past. It was a new audience, which is exciting, but the knowledge of like, oh, yeah, you're allowed to go on the track afterwards was said and spread amongst people. That meant as soon as the checkered flag dropped, they jumped out. No, cars still have to get back into the pit mm. safely. There's things that have to occur uh, and – it was kind of disappointing, to be honest, as an Australian, to see that that's how the world is now viewing our spectators. I'd like to think that we love sport in Melbourne especially, but I would like to think that we're... I know how to solve it. Give us flares and we'll be fine. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, we'll be running onto the track in flare smoke. Yeah, I, I, I don't It was know. probably five or six dickheads that decided they'd do something and then the whole crowd was like, oh, maybe we can go on there. So there's a whole lot of people that said, oh, that's the way to get on. Cool, let's do that. And Probably a bit of poor management, poor communication. And they'd waited for about, what, an hour to see the last, you know, procession of a lap to, a bit of frustration. But it should have been handled better and should have been organised better. I think uh, the stealing of stuff, that to me, that is just... Uh, what? What are you going to do with it? What? Why? Why? I, I don't get it. A couple of tents quicker to the shop in the morning camping. <laughs> Then it's worth Toyota high tech GP. Well, where did he? Did he actually steal it or what? What's that? The front wing? No, it was security. Security stopped them on the way. Security stopped them and took it off of them. Because you can always get, you can always like panels and stuff. They always give those things. If they're damaged, yeah. Like, but the pit crew will usually hand that to a kid and go, here's a broken bit of wing. The only person who was, should have been allowed to leave the track was old mate who was standing next outside of turn two who got hit by a bit of Kevin Magnuson's car. Yeah. Got a bit of blood on him. He held up the piece of carbon fibre that that's caused yours. it. That's yours, buddy. Mate, take it. Go home. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. And he's taking photos and all that sort of stuff. Fine. But the the quite literal stealing of stuff and trying to exit, I just don't get it. If that was you, well, come we, on, grow up. We it's, do it's live ridiculous. in Victoria, so it uh, does not surprise me at all. Yeah, it's, it's no good. Um. A couple of other things that have come out after the Grand Prix is Ferrari finally protesting what has actually happened with uh, Carlos Sainz's penalty. Um, Good. There's been a lot of chatter amongst what is actually happening. Uh, we'll know that hopefully the outcome before Baku, but it does seem, as I said, apart from the fact that it was great for my fantasy team for Fernando Alonso, it is still ridiculous um, the penalty, I think, as much as that incident then caused all the other incidents. Anyway, I need to look as a whole. Um, I don't think it would change Alonso's position, would it? Alonso would still remain in front. 
Signs would just slot in behind. Signs would get so, fourth. Yeah, I think it would remain exactly the same to that Alonso point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that seems fair. That's fine. All yeah. it was for me at that point was like, can't believe you spun out one of yes, my fantasy true, drivers, true, true, Carlos. True. <laughs> so ridiculous. But um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens in that respect. Um, and also, unfortunately, Pierre Gasly looks like it's he's safe to race in Baku and no further action oh, taking good. on penalty. Sucks. I'm just <laughs> so many. I think we'd recorded that news had already come out before we recorded. I just didn't see it beforehand, but. This the pure joy in your face and in your voice oh. was um, was a moment that I'm glad that we all got to witness. I think it's probably the right decision. I think if you go back and look probably at some of the things that he lost points for on his license was stupid anyway. I know Danny Rick lost points for like <sighs> when he reversed in Baku. He that. going to Kvyat. <laughs> yeah, that was a bit dumb. That was a bit dumb. Nah. I th- you can get penalty points for stupid things like leaving the pit. it can be pit, speeding in the pit uh, lane. And like little things like that. That It's like, yes, it's for safety, but on the grand scheme of things, yeah. it's, it's yeah. very minimal. Yeah, or if your team unsafe releases you, then it's, it's, it's got not nothing your, to do yeah. with you. Yeah, so it's probably the right decision. But, geez, that would have been good. Does that mean still he's like right on the edge and like any other incident this year will send him over? Because well, it's, it's a 12-month period, yeah. so like I think we've got another couple of races to go before he's his, they start. Yep. Start dropping a few, so he'll be right. But geez, I'd love to see Dylan in that. How good that'd be good for Dylan. Dylan's confidence, anyway. He hasn't had the greatest year, albeit you know circumstances have not played out the way he would like them to. But it, it's hard. I don't know if the reserve driver role always suits the the person because they've got so many duties. Race day in F1, I don't know if it bodes well for them driving as well in the junior categories mm. if they're participating in both. I feel like they're a little preoccupied. They've got to attend team meetings and all these other things. They're very stressed and stretched, I would think. He definitely found speed in Melbourne. He was back to his best, but circumstances, red flags and stuff that compromised him. But, um, yeah, no, I wouldn't worry about, you know, too much too much on your plate. He's in the box seat to get the next drive. Alpine's got no one else. Alpine. So. Well, I think a seat might open up there by the end of the year, I think. Oh, is this the prophet speaking? Probably, yeah. All right, well, James, can you please play the jingle off the top of your head, like yourself, as the the most talented musical here? (laughs) (laughs) Can you please do the the prophet jingle? I'm glad that you really know that my love language is words of affirmation. So firstly, thank you. Um, Secondly, I don't think we have a jingle. No, 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 you you need to make make it up up right now on the spot. Is the doctor in? <laughs> the prophet is in. <laughs> I'm getting well, that's getting of, clipped oh, and staying in. <laughs> getting all, all of the references to, to Dr. Carabin. Right. You may now go. You're clear. Go, prophet. Yeah, I think there might be a seat open up at Alpine. I think uh, I think as a team principal, Otmar is pretty like he's pretty solid. I think he knows what's up and down. I don't think Gasly's worked out the way he's wanted to after three weeks. I saw some comments he made in the press conference about Danny Rick this year. Danny Rick's stock's going up every weekend. The more and more this season plays out, I think his stock's go up. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if the seat opens up there for Danny Rick if if he wants it. Uh, shame for doing it. I don't think they'll promote a young kid. But just on the history, I mean, they had Danny Rick who absolutely made Ocon look second rate. Like disgustingly bad. Then Fernando came in and didn't make Ocon look as bad, but they were somewhat competitive. To lose Alonso last year, then bring Gasly in, I think they would have thought Gasly would be a lot quicker off the mark than what he has been, given he's only had three race weekends in it. But 
I think as an organisation they'll be looking to go, maybe we should cut Ocon's contract short and maybe stay with Gasly because he's got some runs on the board or get rid of both of them and bring two new drivers in could be the way to go. Yeah. If, if I just can't see them winning world championships with those two drivers. No, and I think you'd expect the car to be better for a works team. That's probably disappointing. So whether the, they think the car's good enough and the drivers aren't or if they evaluate maybe the car's behind and the drivers are doing the best, that's yeah. something for them to know and us not to really know until maybe mid-season and we can evaluate properly. In saying that, they did have a good good weekend in Melbourne. So Through opportunity though, like a classic yeah. Alpine kind of style, through like adversity and stuff, it wasn't through pace. I think you're right. Just Let- drive faster, boys. Slip <laughs> <laughs> up a gear. Let's get back to our chat in just a moment. But I want to take this moment to talk about Quadlock, who are sponsors for this episode, as I hold my Quadlock case still, and I still bloody love it. Um, I have, just so everyone knows, I've got the iPhone kit. So I've got the suction windscreen dash mount. Um, I've also got the wireless charging option for that and a, uh, a new, uh, the updated colour. Well, I've got a blue little mag ring around the outside of the case. This thing is bloody fantastic. And Tommy T, good news. Yes. Because um, whilst I had COVID, I sat on Netflix and I watched Full Swing and now I want to play golf with you. <laughs> oh, no. And, yes. Uh, and because I've watched that, and yes. now suddenly, and I think mainly because I was like, they've won how much money per tournament? <laughs> you came 13th and you walk away 300000 still? Welcome to another dominating Goodness me. Um, sport. The great news is Quadlock have a golf kit so we can wheel around. I can have my phone yep. on my, uh, what do you want to call it? Is it a... Trolley, is it a cart, yeah. whatever you want to call it. Golf um, bag. So, well, I'm not going to carry it, am I? Yeah. <laughs> Do I look like someone is going to carry anything? Um, so you've got specifically for that. You also, in your high-tech GP Hilux, uh, can have an off-road situation. So whatever activity you feel like you need to keep your phone secure, if you go to the link in the show notes, uh, which is in the description if you look on Apple or on Spotify. You can click through to Quadlock, which supports us, and you can support your phone, keep it safe, no matter the activity. There's a whole, whole bunch of activities here from motorcycle, car, cycling, off-road, everyday marine golf, running, uh, and also camera. They've also got now like the selfie stick gimbal thing, which yeah. helps with shooting if you're a content creator. So um, the massive thank you to Quadlock for supporting us at the moment. Um, we bloody love it. And I, it was really awesome little integration they had with Oscar Piastri on mm. the Friday with their massive quadlock case. I uh, box, I should say. A lot of you who I spoke to over the weekend went along to that too. So, uh, yeah, support the show and, and look after your phone in that direction. Uh, let's go to the Discord now, lads, because uh, plenty of conversations still on the Discord. And I want to um, shout out to Hillary, who has just received her Valtteri Bottas merch. Lovely. That um, apparently she bought whilst potentially uh, after drinking a few VBs. She Never. bought some VB <laughs> merchandise. Um, if I go to general VB chat, which is uh, a specific thread in our Discord server, um, she's now got the hat and she's also got the singlet. Uh, she says it's very soft. Um, and I asked her what the difference was between the, hat quality, or the singlet. Soft. The singlet. Um, why not both? Uh, the, the difference in quality. Firstly, between Daniel Ricardo's stuff, I should say, firstly, she's got it already. Um, that's yeah for DR he's terrible he's like here buy this from New York ship it from New York in three months time come on DR lift Um, she says that DR's stuff is definitely better when it comes to the clothing Um, his stuff is heavy but VB's is definitely softer straight out of the package that's how I describe Campy softer straight out of the package (laughs) 
Yes. Uh, but plenty of you are on there talking about all kinds of things. Um, and if you're not yet joined, then please go and do that. Uh, there's all kinds of conversations, including around the um, Bathurst Six Hour, which was hilarious to watch In um, if you could watch it, if you decided to shell out for Stan Sport. I don't know why we have to have so many different ways oh. to watch motorsport in this country. Uh, I just watched the highlights on YouTube because <laughs> they were free. Um, but it looked like Deep Squally had a bit of fun and uh, old mate new Rick Kelly, otherwise known as Thomas Randall, um, still not on the podium. <laughs> yep. Yep. Anyway, there you go. So uh, jump across to the Discord if you want to have a bit of fun. Now, let's wrap this one up by having a look at what's to come. Obviously, Baku is in still a couple of weeks, but it's sprint race. It's the first sprint race of the year. Yeah. Mm. So I want to have a bit of a chat on where you think sprint racing is at so far um, and if it has maybe value added in the way that Formula One was expecting from your point of view or maybe it's not. TT, what do you think? Um, I like that you have to pay attention to Friday. I don't know if I love sprint format as itself. I like that there's like now three things that are of value and have like a consequence to them and is like worth watching because like I would just not watch practice one and two if I was busy. Whereas now I feel like I have to catch up on qualifying before the sprint race. So I like that we've got more content. However, I don't really love the sprint format if I'm honest. Yeah, I'm a purist at heart. I don't love it. but I do say that about you. <laughs> Soft um, out of the box, purist at heart. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's, I think it's good for the sport. I think I think – Sorry, I think a I'm white, so shocked by your take. I think, I think it's good for the sport because it gets more people watching the whole weekend format. And if the sport isn't, they're an entertainment organisation now. That's, yep. The casual, the casual viewers will embrace it more than I will. But they're not after my views. They're not looking to grow it from people like me who love it and so will watch to you, it regardless. So, again. Um, <laughs> Totally, they would because everyone loves V10s. Um, anyway, it's good for the sport. Do I love it? No, but that's all right. I'm, I, there's other categories in the world now, like MotoGP, that have a sprint race every weekend now, and there's points paying for it. It's a it's a yeah. half lap, and that for that sport, unbelievable. It's great for that sport because um, the racing on a on a Sunday is a bit different, and the practices are all a bit the same. So it's a good change up for them. Whereas I think. F1's a bit more entrenched in the way that it does stuff. And qualifying is a cracking product on a Saturday. Yeah. So let's can so, we quickly talk about the changing of qualifying and the tyre compounds. Have you heard about this, Campy? I've heard, but yeah. That we're going to have to go through each compound starting with hard in, in Q1 through to soft in Q3. So each, each it's to save rubber. So it's ideally each team's using two sets less. Why are we saving rubber? <laughs> <laughs> Why? Doesn't it grow on trees? It's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. <laughs> um, I don't like messing with qualifying. I, I want to see the fastest possible laps. And that's what we like to look at is quality pace versus race pace because we can see the actual potential of that car as flat out as it possibly can be. Yeah, I think, and some cars perform better on different compounds. Yep. Depending on whether they use the C1 through to C5s. I mean, some cars work better on the harder compounds that, you know, and that's the reality. Yep. They can generate they can generate the speeds on the softs, but 
put them in them in a race. And that's a choice by the designer to go, we're going to be softer in our tyres they last longer or we're going to absolutely destroy our tyres for pace. I also think that's one of the that's one of the great unknowns when you're yeah. designing a car. You don't know how the car's going to go with the tyres. You could get a complete different tyre manufacturer come in and design some tyres specifically for that car oh. and it'll be a second faster across a, you know, a, a full – a full race distance per lap. So it's one of those unknowns. I don't like tinkering with qualifying. I think the last time we tried to tinker with qualifying was Melbourne 2019 and it was a disaster. It was the knockout. So, you know, it was the knockout. So if you were last every minute in Q3 and Q1 Q1 and Q2, you got knocked out, you know. So you could be on a hot lap trying to set it, but if you happen to be in last position when that – Minute timer ticked over, and they ditched that straight away after one race. How do we, we'll how do we feel about a, a shootout style like Bathurst style, where it's one car on track with your warm up lap kind of happening behind the fast lap, and then you get to go over over the line at speed for one timed lap, and all the cameras are on you. I, I really enjoy that format, and it's based on where you finish in say Q two. And then each car gets to go out on their prep lap kind of behind. And then you've got this focus on one and you're not competing for track space. You've got a wide open track and you're just, you've got the spotlight, which is kind of interesting. And you see some incredible stuff at that Bathurst weekend. It's a really interesting format. And then just say you had the fastest time, you get to watch everyone else put in their lap time. Imagine Max coming up and Lewis has put a blistering time in. He's currently got pole and Max knows that he's got one lap to prove it. Those kind of stakes actually make really interesting TV. The thing I don't like about that, I, th- I like it in V8 supercars because it's different. We know the minutest change in track temperature and yeah. conditions for Formula 1 make massive differences in time on track. Now, if you've got a session where 10 cars are going for a minute and a half, the difference between that first car and that last car yeah. could almost be up to... A bit of cloud cover completely uh, changes up, it. Upwards yeah. of 15 to 16 minutes and tracks... Tracks and track evolution can change so much. I don't think we need to stuff with that in F1. The idea for those scenarios where you get a top 10 shootout, particularly in the V8 supercars where they've got like 30 cars sometimes racing, is that every car, if you make it in there, gets that two minutes of television time and sponsor time and that's all they're talking about. I don't think we need that in F1. These car bands and manufacturers are bigger than Ben-Hur in the, the scheme of global motorsport and they don't need that dedicated two minutes of television time because they've already got it in a shootout. And I just, yeah, I think it just has way too many variables in that instance. So I don't want to see that in F1, but I understand why it works in other motorsports. If you want to talk about V8 supercars, I cannot believe we're talking about V8 supercars again. <laughs> it's, we've got seven <laughs> weeks off or something. No, what do you expect? It's actually James, <laughs> we're using it as an example about why you do certain things in other categories and why it doesn't work in Formula I thought V8 supercars was only one round in Bathurst yeah. and they just decide the champion then because yeah. generally that's where they get crowned, isn't it? Do they it? have other races? Apparently they shut down some roads in Newcastle the other day, but I wasn't sure what for. I thought it was just a one lap. It's just so crompo and scafe you could have a whinge at SVG, I'm pretty sure. I wasn't sure it was anything else. Uh, anyway, look, that's it for this episode. Uh, we do have next week, which is not a um, race week, but the week after is where we're going racing in. So it's not that far in the distance, um, but it is good to have your company wherever you're listening. Thank you in advance if you have left already a rating and review. It really helps. Um, it's, it's funny looking at how many other Formula 1 podcasts are out there when I say funny terrifying mainly because there are heaps and heaps and heaps and heaps um, that's good but it's we, good for uh, sport we have been making content 
pretty consistently. A lot of them have stopped, actually, can I just say. Um, even they did two episodes this year and... No, I can't be bothered. <laughs> and st- stopped the count. Uh, but anyway, this is uh, this is good for us so far. Um, massive shout-out to Freya as well, who's been making content uh, yeah. by her lonesome. You will hear some other voices with her in the next couple of weeks, which will be great. Um, and also have some interesting interviews coming up too. Um, so make sure you subscribe to the podcast to find out who they are. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Gents, thank you for joining me. Farewell. We'll see you next week for another episode of Lakeside Drive. Listeners, gentlemen, have a good one. <laughs> Boy, Don't say dumb shit with a microphone in front it's of you. F- Nah, you know I would. No, I am recording, but I'd never ever publish anything oh, no. like this. He would just hold it as blackmail, um, which is what friends do. Looking for a new career? Welcome to Do HVAC Training Service Center in North Charleston. Enroll today in our comprehensive HVAC training hands-on field experience-based program covering troubleshooting, maintenance, installation, and more on various HVAC systems and ductwork. We offer EPA and NAIT preparation and testing, along with various certifications. Enjoy payment options. Take advantage of their November specials. Achieve certification in under five months. Enroll now for your new journey of skill development and career advancement. Log on to DEWH. Back training sc.com to inquire. Sports Social Podcast Network.